you should focus your time and energy and skills on whatever it is that helps you be a better designer and helps you create more value in your design. And whether that is learning a bit of HTML and CSS, then I think go for it. If you think that's going to be helpful, then do it. But maybe maybe it's not that. Maybe you need to learn a more, bit more about animation. Then go and do that thing, you know. Like whatever, whatever helps you be a better designer, then go forth and, and learn that skill. Welcome to Design Life, a podcast about design and side projects for motivated creators. I'm one of your hosts, Femke. And I'm your other host, Charlie. We've got quite a big show today, don't we, Fem? It's going to be probably one of our biggest shows yet, I'm guessing. Yeah. We're going to tackle the very hot topic in the design world of should designers learn to code? So in this episode, we are focused on web design, and it is a very hot topic in the web design world, where where if designers should code the designs they build and bring them to life in that way. And I think we might discover some differing opinions on this. We've got loads of tweets in from our listeners on the topic. Should be a good show. First, let's have a very quick check-in to see how our week's been, though, Fem. How's your week been? I know you've got a talk coming up soon, which is really exciting. Yes, this Friday I'm going to be speaking at One Day Out, which is in Odense in Denmark. And by the time this show comes out, actually, I would have already done the presentation. But at the moment, I'm still preparing for it, flying over to Copenhagen tomorrow and presenting on Friday. So, yeah, I've basically been working on that nonstop this week and, you know, making sure I've got everything prepared and my slides who knew that slides were so time consuming? I've never, <laughs> I've never had to create such a presentation before. And as a designer, I, I've kind of been like, oh yeah, slides, like that's fine. Like it's not really important. I, I can just quickly do them. But man, I spent like the entire day yesterday making my slides and it's quite time consuming, but also quite fun. I quite enjoyed doing it. Uh, but that's, yeah, basically been my like laser focus for this week is to really prepare for my presentation. So I'm very excited about it. Awesome. I'm sure you're going to do great and I can't wait to hear all about it next week. What about you? How's your week? It's been going good. It's just business as usual for me. No exciting talks or anything this week. Just working on lettering as per usual and going to some more shows, doing some more videos, you know, my usual yeah, I saw you put out a video recently on how to make a trailer for your YouTube channel. There was a blog post. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I've written a blog post up that I just published this morning, actually, with advice for creating a channel trailer because I made a new one for my channel recently and thought I should share some of the things that I sort of learned since making my first one and refreshing it. I'll leave a link to it in the show notes if anyone is interested. Yeah, cool. I also saw you chatting on Twitter yesterday about, uh, I don't know, maybe you had heard it somewhere that people were talking about how it's so difficult to start a YouTube channel these days and you were disagreeing with that. Yeah, it was a podcast I was listening to and they said it's so hard to start a blog these days. And I was like, really, is it? Because there's Squarespace, there's all of these, you know, blogging platforms that make it super easy. There's places like Hover that let you buy your own domain with like a couple of clicks. It's so easy to start a blog. And what I think they were actually saying was it's hard to be noticed 
in the blogging world. Yeah. But that's a very different thing from starting. So I just had a bit of a rant about that on Twitter. It was good. Had a good conversation about it. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I, I agree, though. I think now with all of the tools available, it's so easy to start. But yeah, maintaining and growing and getting noticed, that is definitely the more challenging part as more people blog, of course. For sure. Shall we get into today's topic? Because I yes. fear that it might be a long episode. <laughs> yes, let's get into it. I want to start off, let's like start by setting the ground so that everyone knows where we're at. Fem, can you code websites? No. <laughs> Simple answer. Uh, I have like a basic understanding of HTML and CSS. Like I know what it is. I know what CSS is for. I know what HTML is for. And like I know enough to sort of like tweak my email newsletters and MailChimp when I want to. But I don't have enough knowledge to like sit down. Like I, I, w- I wouldn't be able to sit down right now after the show and be like, right. I'm going to build a website and I don't need to do any Googling. I don't need any other resource or help. I just know what to do. I'm definitely not in that situation. So I would say, no, I I don't really know. I hope that's a fair answer. I would say that I do know, but I definitely do still have to Google things. But I can read code and understand it. Like if I go inspect element on a website, for example, I can like read down the line and find the bit that relates to the thing, you know, the visual mm-hmm, that I'm looking mm-hmm. at. Like I can understand code in that way. And I could fumble my way through setting up a website from scratch probably. But for the most part, when I code, I'm editing something that already exists. So like my blog, for example, I coded that myself, but I started from a very plain, basic template. So there was a few things in there already that I could get started with. And yeah, so I, maybe I can half code a website. <laughs> I feel like there's kind of two questions though, really. And I think those are like, should designers know how to code and code their own website? Or should designers have a basic understanding of code and therefore developers still, you know, do the tasks that they currently do now? Yeah, that's a really good point. And I think those two things depend on like the situation that they're in. Do you think, I mean, because you've said that you can't code, I'm assuming that the answer is no, but do you think designers should learn to code? That's a great question, isn't it? And (laughs) I mean, I, my feeling is that we're asking the wrong question in that I don't think it should be a plural question. I don't think it should be, should designers know how to code? I think it should be like, should you, like you, you specific, you person, should you know how to code? And the reason I think it should be that way is because I think everyone's situation is different and everybody's role is different. And depending on the resources available that you have in that role, could determine whether you should know how to code or not like in my scenario because I work quite closely with Owen and he's a developer I don't think I need to be able to code because that's his job but if you're a designer that doesn't have access to a developer like in your situation for example with your side projects and like you just said you had to code your own website then yeah obviously you're going to need to know how to code because how else are you going to achieve what you want to achieve. Do you feel, though, that perhaps knowing how to code opens up your opportunities more in perhaps not in the freelance situation you're in, but perhaps being hired by companies? Sure, but I don't think it's like a mandatory requirement. Uh, And there's actually a good tweet that I'm going to bring in 
here because I think it's relevant, and it's by Mitch Goldstein. And he said, my answers to should designers blank is simply this. Learn whatever you're interested in learning, whether that's code, auto repair, whatever. And that's basically how I feel as well. I don't think that being able to know how to code should be a requirement or should be what you need to have in order to be defined as a designer. I think if you know how to code as a designer and if you want to learn how to, then I think that's awesome. Like, go and do it. It's a great skill to add to your skill set. But I, I don't know if I agree that it should be like this requirement like everybody says it should be. That's a really great point because I feel like there's always going to be jobs available for all different types of designers well, touch wood anyway, who knows, maybe in like five years time if this podcast is still kicking about, yeah. design jobs will yeah. be hard to come by. But at the moment, I feel like they're everywhere and everyone needs designers and wants, you know, talented people to create good user experiences for them and things like that. And there are jobs that require you to code and there are also jobs that don't. So yeah, it's a good point. You should learn whatever you're interested in and get the job that you would be interested in doing. Yeah. And I should expand a little bit more, I guess, and say that even though I do have Owen as a developer, so I don't, I'm not in the situation where I have to build the design myself. I have been in the situation before where I have designed something and within that design, I've created an intention or maybe that's like, oh, I want it to interact this way or have this transition or whatever. And then I pass it on to Owen and he just laughs at me and he's like, well, it's not really possible or that it is possible but it would take so much work that's just not within the scope of this particular project and so in that scenario I do sometimes wish I had a little bit more knowledge about what is possible and what's not possible what works and what doesn't work and how much coding effort uh, is required to make that idea that I have actually work. That's definitely where I think my coding knowledge comes in handy because I work in my day job with a developer every day and when in a startup environment, everything is quite far, fast paced, you know, and so if I design something that is going to take a long time to build, that's kind of probably not going to get approved because it's going to add so much to the time and it might not be really mm-hmm. necessary. So because I can understand code and have a basic understanding of how long, you know, what's complicated and not, or at least I, you know, know the lingo to communicate with the developer to find out about it, to get his opinion. I can adjust my design if it's not worth taking that extra time to do it, you know. So that's where it comes in handy, I think. So what about you then? What's your overall reply to the big question? Well, I think that designers should get a basic understanding of code. I don't think that they have to build everything they design because I don't think that everyone should be able to do everything. There's a danger of that jack-of-all-trades thing that perhaps we might touch on later. But I think that being able to read code and understand it and understand how your designs are going to be built is really useful and a huge benefit. And I think that every designer should, I guess, give it a go, I suppose. There's a really good tweet I want to bring in about this, actually. Let me just find it. We've got so many for this episode. (laughs) I know. We have a lot of tweets. This tweet comes from Awe and she explained it in a really interesting way that I think is a good analogy because she is a fashion design student, but she's done web design in the past. She said, I'm a fashion student and while it's not fully necessary for me to master the skills of sewing, it's still helpful that I have the basics down so I know the limitations and possibilities of my design. 
And I think that can definitely be applied to web design as well. If you understand the basics of code and how it works, you sort of can design knowing how it's going to be built in the end and understanding the structure and what it's going to take for the developer to bring it to life. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, the more you know and understand about the other skills that are involved in the overall project, then potentially the easier or the better you can make your design to fit within the parameters of those around you. For sure. Aaliyah also had an interesting tweet on this topic too. She said, it's like learning a language. If you want to really understand a foreign country and its people, you would learn to speak their dialect. So living in the world of design, learning code could be valuable in expanding your abilities to visually communicate a message in several ways. And I suppose she also means there, communicate with a developer as well, with the people you're working with. If you're speaking the same language as them, it's really useful. Yeah, so I mean, when we talk about the world of code, there's obviously a lot of different coding languages. So would you say that we should learn all of them or the particular one that our developers work with or is just HTML and CSS okay to have a basic understanding of? What are your thoughts on that? I think that starting with HTML and CSS is the way to go. And if you're not planning on actually building the sites It's not 100% necessary to go further than that. Knowing some JavaScript can be useful for understanding some animation things, for example. The developer that I work with now at Edited uses React to build sites, which is completely new to me. I didn't even know it existed, and that way of working is quite different to the HTML and CSS that I know. But the basic structure of things and, you know, And the way things are called is similar to HTML and CSS, you know, like a div is still there and things like that. So, well, at least I think it is. I'm talking like I know what I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) But the point is that I can still vaguely understand what he's doing if I look at his code because I know HTML and CSS, even though I could never write something in React myself because it's just a completely different way of working that I'm used to. So do you think a web designer could get by their whole career without learning code? I think they definitely could, but I think they'd be better if they did learn code. Mm -hmm. And not necessarily, like I said, learn to code the whole site, but their understanding and being able to read it, I suppose. It'd be like, it's that, like Aaliyah said, if you live in a foreign country, you can get by without speaking the language, but you're going to have a better time probably if you do learn to speak it. Yeah, I think it's important to remember that as a web designer, your environment or your platform, I guess, is the web. And so you should have a basic understanding of the web, right, Mm. and how it works and what it's for and all of those kind of things. And because the web is built on code, I guess, therefore, you could argue that you should know a little bit about code because that's the whole platform of it. And that's the platform that you are designing for. Yeah, totally. I want to bring in a poll that we ran on Twitter, as we like to do sometimes. We asked this big question to our listeners, should designers learn to code? There was some quite divided responses, I think. We had 17% say yes, it's vital. 9% say no, it's not necessary. But then 74% say it depends. And that's where all these tweets and conversations stemmed from, because it seems like there's lots of caveats. And like you were saying at the start, then there's no like 100% right or wrong. Like, yes, you must. It is imperative. Yeah. Michael had a good point in saying that it can be useful to design a site that is attractive but also has a good code structure that people can edit without breaking the design. So that's thinking about the lifetime of your design, I suppose, and how 
you know, sites change and content needs to adapt over time. So if you design with that in mind, that's really useful. Uh, Bianca said that it's a plus when you can design and code because it adds flexibility to the work you do and may even be a good reason for better pay. This is a good point. Interesting. But also, I'm not interested in coding for a living. Like, I'm not interested in being paid to code, even though maybe if I wanted to put the time in, I could become a designer slash developer, but that's not where I want to put my focus, you know? Yeah, it's kind of that slippery slope, isn't it? And I have seen designers who know how to code start spending more of their time in front-end development because, I mean, not intentionally, but just naturally because they have the resource and the ability to do it. And so they're getting pulled into front-end projects when they're like, oh, but design, you know? Mm. So there is kind of that slippery slope there of, yes, it's great that you have that skill, but you don't want to be, uh, I forgot the word, but like milked for it, if you know what I mean. Also with that, I feel like, Different people design in different ways though, right? Like some people design in the browser, so they will jump into code to do their design phase. And I can't really fathom that because I suppose because I can't move very quickly with code and it takes me a while to work out what I want to do. So I've got to be sure of what I'm doing when I start building it. But pen and paper to wireframe things and then, you know, working on things in Sketch is my process. So I suppose I just can't imagine jumping straight into the code. Yeah, at least for me, I feel when I think about code, I sort of see it as like, and it's not necessarily that it is that way, but I sort of see it as like concrete, like sort of hard Mm -hmm. set. Whereas like when I think about a design tool, that's so much easier for me to just like explore my early ideas and just sort of like iterate and share and iterate and just kind of like riff off those really quite quickly and easily. Whereas if if I imagine that I had to do that with code, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong here because I'm, I'm not that fluent with code, but I can't imagine that it would be so easy to just quickly iterate on your idea. Well, it depends, you know. Sometimes things are easier to just change one little thing in the code and it adjusts all of your spacing, for example, and you can get a quick idea of what things are looking like. I tend to do that once a site has been built and it's in like the review stage, I jump into the code and play around with things if I'm not quite happy with something to work out exactly what needs to change to make it better. And that's another situation, I suppose, when a knowledge of code comes in handy. Because when you see something built with all its correct content in it, you know, in the browser, sometimes it can look a little bit different from how it did in your sketch file because, you know, fonts behave differently on the web, for example, than they do in sketch. And when you've got the correct content in, things might just flow a bit differently. So being able to play around with the code and work out what I need to tell the developer needs to change is really useful. Greg had a couple of really interesting tweets that I want to share. Go for it. And his response to our poll was, yes, designers should learn how to code. And he goes on to say, it helps you to create exactly what you want instead of being defined by other people's tools and ideas. The software we use direct us, and then in brackets he says, a lot of the time without even realizing it, to make a certain type of product, song, or design. Design tools shape how and what we create. So what does that mean if we're all using the same tools? How hard is it to be original? Do you have any thoughts on that? I think that's really interesting what he said there. I think it's interesting, but I honestly don't think that it's an issue. Like, the tools don't make the design, in my opinion, anyway. 
Like we're both using Sketch, for example, to design sites, right? And our sites don't look anything alike. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I agree. Sorry, Greg, am I being harsh? <laughs> but I don't agree that if everyone uses the same tools, that means that we're not being original because design isn't about the tools. Design is about the creativity and the, the brief and the user experience. So if we've all got different briefs and, you know, different brains, I think we'll, we'll be original. What do you think? Yeah, I think I agree. And I think I would also argue if he's saying that the design tools we use mean we all end up creating the same thing, I would argue that, well, we're all using the same code as well. So Mm. couldn't you then apply that to that as well? But often that's not the case using code, you know, the same as design, you end up creating new things and completely different from other people. Yeah, there's things like the bootstrap library, for example, in code, where a lot of sites do end up looking quite similar because they use, you know, the bootstrap style buttons and things. And it's the same in design too, right? There's UI kits and things that you could use and then you see those repeated everywhere. Same with design trends, I suppose, when that comes about and people use them everywhere. But I feel like they can still be applied in original ways if you want to. Mike said, it isn't necessary to code if you're a designer, but understanding its limitations and possibilities is vital when designing. That's, I think he just said my opinion on it in a much more succinct way. (laughs) Maybe Mike should be on this podcast. (laughs) So Jolene had a few really good things to say, which I think is going to be a good starting point for the next phase of this conversation. And here's her response. She said... It's definitely good to know as it opens you up for more jobs and can try different things so you understand how the design will work after development. But for designers who don't work with web and don't want to, or who are really bad at coding, why spend your brain, time and talents thin on something that doesn't serve you when you could be doing something you're great at 100%? Concentrate on what you do well and evolve your career on a path that makes sense to you. I think that's really great advice. That's what we were talking about earlier with should you learn to code and get jobs like that if you don't like coding or should you just stick with doing the visuals? Yeah, I think it ties a lot in with this jack of all trades or this sort of unicorn uh, unicorn designer that's sort of been thrown around a lot lately. Yeah. If you can imagine someone that is a great designer and a great coder, it's like, oh, can they really be 100% great at both of them? I mean, if if you try and break that down, imagine a web designer who has spent 100% of the last year learning about web design and then a designer who spent 50% learning about web design and the other 50% on coding. I mean, this is getting a little bit, you know, hairy-fairy here, but stick with me. Uh, you know, who is going to be the better designer? I mean, we know who will be the better coder, which is the person who spent 50% of their time on coding. But if if you're competing in design... Who would be the better designer? I think it depends on what they've been coding. Perhaps they've been designing with code and designing in the browser. Sometimes people who focus on code a bit more can have a better understanding of the interactions and that sort of user experience than people who only do the visuals, I suppose. But I think I agree with you that the more you put your focus on something, the better at it you're going to be. So if you focus on perhaps doing like user research and really getting the UI right before it's handed over to the developer, I don't know, maybe you are better at web design in that way. But different people work differently too and different people have 
brains that think differently. Like I've never met, like I've met some of these so-called unicorn designers who are amazing at both. And I'm like, how could you be so good? It's not fair. You know, have you ever had that situation? I don't think I've personally met any, but I definitely know of people who, who, yeah, preach for both, I guess. And a kind of this middle unicorn (laughs) designer. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how, how good they really are, I guess. Like maybe you're saying they're just better at bringing their ideas to life. Yeah, maybe. And I think also we don't need, like in today's digital age where there's so many tools, we don't need to rely on code anymore to explore interactions as well. Like this is not an intentional <laughs> plug either, but like the design tool that I work at, Uh, during my day job is Atomic and the whole premise of that is letting you explore those transitions and interactions without ever really having to touch a line of code and so there there are new ways now to sort of explore the possibilities of code without actually having to code. That's a really good point and actually I've got a question on that. I don't know if Atomic spits out code that you literally copy and paste into your uh, build, but what do you think about software like Adobe Muse, for example, that promises that you just design and it does the coding for you? Yeah, well, with Atomic, you can get the CSS. Uh, You can sort of copy that to your clipboard and then paste that in. Uh, But with tools like Muse that basically promise to like spit out a... (laughs) website for you I mean I haven't tried it personally so I I don't really know what the result is but from what I have heard it's a little bit weird yeah I don't know if it's just rumor because I personally never tried it either but I feel like how can the code be as clean and you know wonderful and fast you know lightweight as someone actually coding it and looking at it and you know making adjustments to improve on the speed of things and the alignment of things and stuff like that I don't don't know I just don't see how software can do that and maybe that makes me sound really old but I find huge benefit in working with an actual human web developer yeah, no, I think this is also like toying dangerously on the line of the conversation around, you know, machines taking over and machines becoming smarter than us. Yeah. And I think that will eventually happen where where the machines and the algorithms will get so smart that they will be able to get really close. Uh, but then there's always that argument of like, can machines be creative like a human can? You know, machines are built on mathematics and algorithms and doing what they think is the most logical thing. And creativity isn't always necessarily the most logical thing. So will the machine ever be as smart at coding a website as a human will? I don't know, because if it, if it doesn't have that creativity level, then I don't know if it will be. But yeah, that's a huge big conversation maybe for another day. Yeah, just wanted to get your thoughts on that sort of software side of things. Because a lot of people say that you don't need to develop anymore because there's those tools, which I I don't know, I don't agree with. Do those, so I I haven't really used Muse much, but once it spits it it out, do you have the ability to then go and actually tweak the code or is it kind of like hard set? Oh, I'm sure you can tweak it because it would just be like writing that you'd have to put somewhere, you know. Ah, right, okay. Yeah, I think the idea of it is that you don't have to. Have you ever had someone assume you can code because you've said you're a web designer? No, but I've actually had it the other way around where people thought that Owen could design because he was a web developer. 
Interesting. I know, right? I thought that was really interesting as well. Uh, someone inquired and in asking Owen to like design and build a website, and I was like, "Hello, it's <laughs> me. I'm the designer. <laughs> I will introduce myself here." Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I I think it's quite common for people to think, or I guess to package or bundle a website into like one skill. Like, oh, I need a website. Who do I go to? Like, what one person can do this for me? But yeah, it actually is a combination of two skills and more often than not requires two people that each have that skill. Yeah, I've definitely had that people assume I can code because I'm a web designer. And I I feel like it didn't happen so much in New Zealand, but out in the wider world of the internet, for example, it, it does happen more often. I don't know, maybe it's more common in other countries for web design to mean both things but to me web design is one thing and web development is another yeah I agree I I see them as two different skills that often require two different people most of the time yeah we we tweeted about this as well because that started another interesting conversation and we had a response from Geraldine who is a web developer and she said I think it's easy to work with a designer who has a notion of code but it's not necessary that the designer can build an entire site and I think that's the key like having a notion and an understanding of code helps you speak the same language, like we've said, and work together easier. But you shouldn't have to build the whole thing if you are working with a developer. I, I do sometimes find that my lack of ability to code websites myself, for example, uh, has affected perhaps my freelance possibilities. Like I don't feel like I can freelance web design because someone's always going to expect that you can also offer to get the site built as well. So that's why yours and Owen's uh, The Apartment works so well is because there's both of you and you as a team can offer clients that package, but myself as a team, I can't offer that. So I've never done freelance web design because I feel like it's not very useful to not be able to code it in that situation. Yeah, you need to find a freelance developer to collaborate with you. Or I need to learn how to code. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or that, I guess. Um, Michael said that he usually does assume that web designer means they can also code, but that there's definitely cases where they focus on the visual and not the code, and it depends on their background. I just find it really interesting that there are people who assume that you do both, and I kind of feel like... I don't know, it makes me feel like I'm not good enough that I can't, just to get a bit deep for a second. You know, if that's what people are assuming, you have the skill that you don't when you say what you do. Because being a web designer is awesome and it involves a lot of skills and it's not easy, you know. So I think it, you know, just not to toot my own horn or anything, but I think it's impressive on its own. But if someone thinks that you can do something you can't and then you, I suppose, let them down when you say that you can't, it's not a great feeling. Well, and we could also completely flip the switch. Like, why are people not talking about whether developers should learn how to design? Yeah, that's a really good point. Maybe they are, and I just haven't heard those conversations. I don't, well, I have not seen them, I don't think, ever. I don't think I have ever seen anybody ask that question. And so, like, I'm always asking, like, why is there so much pressure on designers then to learn the code and not the other way around? Like, if a coder... Or, or I should say, if a developer knew how to design, then they, I don't know, would that put them in a better position? Would that allow them to make better judgments and decisions on the design when they're coding it? And and I don't know the answer to that, but I just think it's interesting that we don't talk about that when all the pressure is on designers. 
Yeah, that's a really great point. Uh, Becky had a good response to this tweet as well. She said that, well, I asked her if she'd ever experienced any stigmatism when saying that you can't code because, like, I feel like I have at some points. People have been like, oh, is that really web design then if you don't also code? And she said, only once I got a front-end dev at a past job telling me you've got to be able to code to progress your career, but normally it's just a sense that people would prefer you to do both. But she says, I have other skills I want to learn first. So if you design and code sites, you should probably call yourself a web design dev, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, and that's funny, right? That the developer was like, you should know how to code. Um, because, I mean, obviously in that particular situation, it probably would have been useful if she knew a little bit about it. But, I mean, is she going to need that skill going forward in her career? I mean, it depends what she wants to do. Yeah, that's the thing. There's that there's always going to be like we said jobs for everyone. Steve said it's 2016 web design is code. It's always obvious when a non-coding web designer, which he put in quotation marks, that I thought was funny, makes a site. There's no synergy from concept to code. And I don't think that's always the case. Maybe poor Steve has just worked with some that haven't been very good at what they do, but a good web designer, I feel, should be able to design a good user interface and a design a good user experience without knowing how to code it yeah and if Steve's listening I'd be interested to have some clarification because when he says uh it's obvious when a non-coding web designer makes a site there's no synergy by make does he mean design or does he mean when a non-designer tries to actually develop the site because then of course it's going to be a little bit uh broken if a non-coder tries to develop a site that they've designed yeah I think he means design the site He's, maybe he's had uh, designs passed to him in the past, perhaps, that have not been great, and he's felt that that's because the designer couldn't code. I don't know. Sasha says that she definitely doesn't think that web design must mean web development as well. She says, I think basic web coding knowledge is essential for anyone, HTML, CSS, etc., but they're very separate tasks. And that's probably where I stand on this too. I think that Every, every designer, well, web designer should understand HTML and CSS and have a basic, you know, concept of how that works and the basics of coding. But I don't think that means you should have to do it. I want to bring in a tweet here from John, who this wasn't actually in response to our question, but this was just a tweet that I saw in my feed and I thought was relevant at the time. And he said, for designers, learning to code is very valuable but learning how you can create value is about a hundred times more valuable. And I think that's a great tweet. And I think that kind of comes back and sums up the idea that you should focus your time and energy and skills on whatever it is that helps you be a better designer and helps you create more value in your design. And whether that is learning a bit of HTML and CSS, then I think go for it. If you think that's going to be helpful, then do it. But maybe maybe it's not that. Maybe you need to learn a more, bit more about animation. Then go and do that thing. You know, like whatever, whatever helps you be a better designer. Then go forth and, and learn that skill. There, that's a great sentiment. Do you ever worry that perhaps I know that you're you've got your freelance and you've got a great day job going already. But if, if say that you didn't, would you worry that? too many places are only hiring these so-called unicorns at the moment? Because I feel like most of the time that's what I see these days when I look at lots of startups and tech companies, which is the area that I work in. Most of them are wanting designers who can also code. 
Yeah, I do see a lot like in the job role descriptions, you know, basic HTML and CSS is a plus. Uh, I probably have seen it as a requirement, but I usually will see it as like one of those bonus yep. things, you know, like would be great if you could do this thing. Uh, so I guess if you were applying for that kind of job, then you probably should go and learn some of it so that you can answer yes to that question. Um, but it depends on, yeah, the role and whether that's something that they're looking for. And maybe you don't have that skill, but have a super strong portfolio and a super strong like track record that, you know, maybe it doesn't matter that you don't know HTML and CSS. When I went for my job, I had to do a coding challenge. Have I ever told you that? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, it went terribly. I don't know why I got the job. <laughs> yeah, I would totally but, fail at one of those, I think. But I think it was because they were able to see my thinking process through trying it. So I was sitting with one of the developers to do this and he was, I was like, uh, I literally don't know where to start. He was like, okay, we'll say this is like one of your projects that you're doing. Where would you start? And I was like, oh, I'd probably Google. He's like, go on then. That's so funny. <laughs> So I just sort of fumbled my way through it and I was like, you know, explaining as I went, like, I know I want to have this do this and I know that putting this here should make it do this, but it's not. And I don't quite know why. Maybe it's because of this, you know, explaining my thought process. And I suppose that gave them some sort of confidence that I had a basic understanding of code and I knew what I was looking for, but I just wasn't, you know, good enough that I knew exactly how to fix it. Yeah. And I think that's, yeah, you don't have to be like fluent in HTML and CSS. Like if you just have the basic understanding and if that's going to be helpful for your project, then yeah, learn it, learn a bit of it. I think we discussed, was it last week potentially, about you creating your own site and how I, I think I said that it would be good for you to try and build it yourself, even though you've got a Yeah, one. you did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you think you're going to do that? I want to. I really want to do that. Uh, I I haven't started it yet, I mean, because I'm working on my presentation. But uh, it is something in my mind that I want to do. I kind of have it on my to-do list first to, like, actually design it. And yeah, of course. Probably also at the same time, like, start getting familiar with code so that when I'm designing, I can design within the parameters of my limited coding knowledge, you know? Like, I don't want to design something that's super complex and then I put myself in a deep dark hole uh, so it's obviously going to be something simple I think but yeah that should be a good challenge we'll see how that goes yeah I think it'll be really good for you to to do that and yeah get that bit of knowledge in there and then you can impress Owen and if he tells you something isn't possible you can be like actually I know it is <laughs> yeah I did my research <laughs> that, that what you just said there though made me think of something that sometimes parameters are a bad thing they stop you from thinking big, you know, like oftentimes I will design first, not even thinking about the code. Right. And then when it comes to the refining stage is when I think more about how the thing is actually going to be built, because I worry that if I design only thinking about, you know, what's going to be super quick to code, for example, to start with, I could be missing out on some great ideas that I've brushed mm. off because I've deemed them you know, that would be too complicated to build. But sometimes it's worth putting in the time to make things complicated if it means that the whole site comes together in a really great way. So I don't know. Designing to constraints can be a bad thing sometimes too if they stop you from thinking big. I agree. I think that's a really great point. 
And yeah, I don't have anything to add. I just think it's really good. <laughs> so maybe when you design your site, you should design it as if you're not coding it to start with and then figure out how to code the thing that you've designed. And you might find that there's adjustments you have to make to make it easier or that aren't possible. But I think it'd be better to design you know, how you want to and then think about the coding after. Yeah, because you don't want to hold back your design ideas, I guess, right? Like you want to let your ideas flow and, and you don't want to be limited by constraints. And even though you might come up with an idea that is super complex, then you can just like make it a bit more small scale rather than if you had only been designing to the original constraints intentionally, then you may have never got into that idea. And so then you'd be missing out on something cool. Yeah, I think there's some sort of saying that goes, it's easier to scale down an idea than it is to scale up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe that's a good note to end on. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. What a hot topic. Yeah. I'm interested to see what you know people are going to think of this episode. Yeah, I hope that you all listening still have some respect for us, even though, yeah, we've kind of touched on quite a few things in this we're really keen to hear your opinions too this conversation that on going on on twitter and all these tweets coming in about designers and coding there are so many more that we didn't read out and we would love for you to add to them so if you've got anything to add to the conversation we'd love to hear your thoughts tweet us at design life fm so charlie where can people go to find all of our other episodes if you head to designlife.fm you will find our website with all 25 episodes and on that website, you can also sign up to our newsletter. We send a newsletter out every Monday, which lets you know that there's a new episode. We're also doing something a little bit special this week. We're 25 episodes in now, and we want to get to know the people who are listening to our podcast better. So we've created a wee survey that we would love you to answer. You will receive this in the email that you get with each episode if you're subscribed to our newsletter already or you'll be able to find it pinned on our Twitter. So please go check that out. It just asks you a few simple questions to get to know you better and get to know your situation that will hopefully help us create topics that are super relevant to you. And I thought we could just end on a really nice iTunes review that we got recently. Go for it. This one's from Neil and he said, Design Life is a great podcast for designers of any level. In the early episodes, Charlie and Femke discuss a lot about getting their start in design and how they came to that career path, which was very interesting and gave insights that would be valuable to anybody on the road to being a designer. The majority of the episodes really focus on the daily things that are a part of being a designer, whether it's talking about the confidence in your own work or balancing freelance projects, side projects and personal projects. I give it one giant but well-deserved stamp of approval. Can't wait for the next episode. Oh, that's so nice. Thank you very much, Neil. Yeah, thanks, Neil. That's super nice. And if you've been listening to our podcast for a while and would like to leave us a review, we would greatly appreciate that. You can find us on iTunes or if you go to our website, there's a big button up the top right that says subscribe, which will take you to iTunes. Thanks for listening, everyone. And good chat, fam. This was, yeah, good talk. Yeah, see you next week, Charlie. <laughs> see ya. Bye.